Welcome back to another episode of CEO Cast. Um, this is another audio only, and I'm not gonna lie, I like doing these because you know, you get raw, uncut conversation from whoever is with me at the time. We are recording right now at quarter to one in the morning. So yeah, we're just gonna get with it. Right now I'm with one of my friends, which will stay anonymous for now, and also another friend which will also stay anonymous for now. Um uh, but obviously if you know us, then you know exactly who it is. There are two complete different personalities. One still working on a nine-to-five. Other one loves to invest his money. Sometimes it doesn't go his way. So we're going to find out all about that. So I'll call you... What should we... What's your Mr. name? Mr. A. Mr. A. Mr. Yeah. A. Mr. B. Mr. B. Mr. A, Mr. B. So Mr. A is the one who is still working on a nine-to-five. Mr. B is the one who's uh, investing his money currently. So let's get this. Mr. A, tell me... you. I've I've spoken to Mr. B and Mr. C D E F and they've all said that you know you've always thought about business, you've always thought about opening something of your own. So what's kept you from staying in a nine to five and not making that jump, not making that first step? How personal do you want me to be? Be as personal as you want. Right. So um just to cover the basics, uh background. Uh I'm from a far east Asian country. Both my parents are from there and still are there. Yeah. And that obviously has connotations, expectations attached to it. Such as? Such as, for example, uh, okay, let's get down to my history. Just just for you to understand a little bit better, because I'm sure I definitely didn't tell you. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, just for people listening, this is my first time listening to Mr. A's story as well. So as much as you're going to be hearing from it, I'm going to be hearing it. So you know I'm going to be breaking it down on a mad one. <laughs> but go on, sorry. <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, so I was born in a capital city of a Far East Asian country um, to uh, my parents who had very interesting lives so far. So my father um, is from a relatively poor background. His father, so my grandfather was in construction. He did really quite badly uh left us in or the whole family in debt which we or my parents generation so his him and his two other brothers paid off um and at the same time going to their background so my father is currently a professor but my uh my father so my second uncle he used to be a cab driver. He's now passed away. He had uh, cancer. Yeah. Um, and then the eldest of the of the three, he did random jobs basically throughout his life. And it, my father's family basically sacrificed majority of their earnings and etc. to send my dad to get his PhD in Germany. He did it in four years. Brilliant. <laughs> And at the same time, my mother uh, met my dad at university uh, as he w- as he was about to go and do his PhD. And in a foreign country, she, she he went to do his thing. Uh, my mom followed, got pregnant after getting married. Yeah. So all safe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All safe. Um, and then they had my sister and just to put it into perspective, it was the generation after a war. So 
piss poor. And so it is a big investment. Yeah. And somehow they made it. Um, they did really well. Sent me off to UK to get educated from the age of 10 or 11. Mm. So um, who, who are you in the UK with? My aunt. Okay. And my cousin. So this whole time? This, your from the age of 10. Yeah. Till now I've seen my parents pretty much on an annual basis for two to three weeks of yeah. the year. So how old are you right now? Just to give you a bit of context. 27. So just turned. 17 years you yeah. lived without your parents. Yeah. But even before then, because both of them were, were working nine to five plus travel, hardly got to see them anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they made shitload of investment in me, which means I have to do well. Okay. Um, and playing safe. So going back to the business side of things, business obviously, obviously has its inherent risks. It could sink or float. Who knows? Yeah, of course. So it's taking the safe path of nine to five. Secure income. Secure income. And to, and being from a Far East Asian family, you have to have certain, you have to meet certain criteria to kind of, for them to be proud on the surface. Yeah. They'll be proud of me, I reckon, either way, by the way I turned out. Yeah. But, yeah, you have to meet certain expectations. So even though, you know, they've invested heavily into you and I understand that, you know, secure job, secure income, that's there. Yeah. So, you know, you can keep your family afloat back home as well mm. and yourself, obviously. Yeah. But then with the job that you've got, we're not going to talk about salaries on this podcast, but. Well, we can. I don't really care. We, okay, we won't. <laughs> okay. No, 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 like, I just, I don't know. I don't really like getting into that. Fair. But it's above average salary, isn't it? Uh, Yes. Yeah. So then even then, so with the money you got saved up yeah, mm-hmm. from the salary, you know, you've been working hard, working your ass off. Wouldn't you consider starting a business on the side whilst you still got the secure income, whilst it's still building? So even if it does, does, even if it does go tits up mm. and the business sinks, fails, mm. you still got the nine to five. So, so, for example, the the Mister Mister not Mister B. I'm thinking of your Mister B's partner, Mister AA, Mister AA. Yeah. So Mister AA that we know, you know, he still works as nine to five, and he started the clothing line. Yeah. So even if that went tits up and that sunk, he still got his nine to five. Mm-hmm. What about something like that? I very much admire him for that. Mm. It's He's been doing that for what a few years now, yeah. Um, and I've seen, I've only noticed it, I think, a year or two since he started. Mm. And it is a great, like, um, it's like a little lighthouse. What do you mean? So, lighthouses work by, um, bringing itself up and shining light to surrounding areas, allowing people to view what there are, what, what's in the surrounding. What opportunities there are. Yes, basically. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but only in glimpses, because like you're not I him. say all the time, that like first-hand inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, basically that. It is, for him, he, I think it's bo- it bo- kind of boils down to personality because he is very sure of where he is, where he wants to go. 
and what he knows he will achieve. Mm. Whereas someone who hasn't done that obviously cannot ha- have not experienced it and therefore feels the fear of it. Yeah. So it is the plunge. And and the personality. You seem like you want to step in here, Mr. A, Mr. B. Mr. A. Put put the microphone in front of you. Yeah, just just to say um elaborate on what you just said. Mr. A would have had to take an elite from his nine to five and took that step forward and passed that line to even start something. Which is where kind of I came in. So wouldn't you feel like that's the same for you? It is, but his sense of direction to me seems much clearer than my sense of direction. Yeah, but you've got to understand that originally when Mr. AA, mm. this is getting confusing now, <laughs> when Mr. AA, the owner of this clothing line, started that, his direction probably wasn't always there in the beginning. Obviously, it's probably you two it's have probably, probably developed. Yeah. You reckon? Yeah, of course. Anyone who started their business, probably in the same boat, thinking they've got a secure income. I've, I've like, I'm Mr. CEO cast here. I spoke to loads of CEOs and everyone, especially uh, Imran from Evolve, uh, everyone says it's literally just taking that leap of faith that just that one step could change your whole life. Yes, you know, you you know, you know, always see that map on Instagram, like the road to success. Yeah, mm. there's, there's that meme where it's like a straight line, what people think, and then curvy line of like what, what it actually is. Obviously, it's going to be that, but at least it's a first stepping stone. So you, I reckon even if you failed your first business that you start, this is going to give you more confidence for the second one. I'll tell you a piece of information, uh, which... Put the microphone just a touch more in front of you. Uh, I'll tell you a piece of information which may be relevant. Like the way I've lived my life so far has been always choosing the path of le- least resistance. Yeah. So like even at school, like I didn't really try. It worked out. Uh, like even applying for a job after uni, I only applied for like three and I got it. Yeah. Like it just happened quite easily. So perhaps that's a fair determining factor. Would you say? Uh, I would agree to disagree only because I was probably exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. Just picking the stuff that's like makes time pass stuff. That's easy. Something you know that you can handle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for example, I've done BTEC science in, in sixth form. Yeah. Cause it was piss easy. Um, it's just to make time pass, but then obviously you've got to take that first step, whatever it is. Like, I'm not going to sound, I don't want to sound like a, like I'm a CEO on CEO cost, yeah? But like, even when it comes to the car rentals, yeah? You've got to make the first step of, all right, cool, I've got to invest X amount, but it's a stepping stone. That didn't work out, obviously, but now it's got more confidence to know what I really want to do, which is like podcast stuff, media stuff. So you'll find your ground as you make that first step. It's just about making that first and your initial step. No one's saying you got to leave down to five. You just no. got to figure out your business. When you, you leave your nine to five when your business is taken over, making mm. X amount, three times amount a month than what you're, what you're currently earning right now at nine to five. That is the aspiration. I f- hate, I detest working with people I don't like. And do you work with people that you don't like? For the first time in my life, yes. What do you mean first time in your life? Uh, l- very luckily I've always 
being surrounded by people who are nice enough yeah or people who hold principles which are similar to me in certain aspects and i can look over the vast majority of things that may have annoyed me yeah but this year for the first time in my life i've never experienced like hate working with someone never have i ever so would you say you kind of hate working where you are oh yeah definitely not because of of the the actual job itself but because of the people you work with not even people just a singular person oh seriously yeah so would this singular person make you want to leave that job i have considered it multiple times yes but the financial situation of the economy being the way it is as in covid and all that yeah stuff. it's really not a good deal yeah it's not a good deal yeah no of course not so we've obviously spoken about why you haven't started a business yet so you must have thought of some business ideas am i right yeah even so one of my like passions is food yeah i, I love eating i love cooking yeah um about a year ago i think yeah it was exactly what's, what's a year what ago what food do you cook so this year I started making my own pasta, my mozzarella. Um, well, like from scratch? Yeah, from scratch, like learning it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wholeheartedly. Like I, I was doing it almost, like pasta I was making it almost daily. Yeah. Mozzarella, I've, d- I've been doing it in batches. Okay. Um, no wonder why you asked me to have a chef on CEO cost. Yeah, I mean, food, why, why else would you live if you don't eat? Yeah. So then what, you would want to open a restaurant? That would be my dream goal. And about a year ago, uh, I was over in US. Uh, I wasn't particularly busy at the time, mm. even though I was working. And I, I literally had a business plan. I thought it was bloody brilliant. Yeah. Turns out I missed a key factor. What? I have to do it myself for it to succeed. Yeah. I have to leave my nine till five job. Well, what was it? Um, so in Japan, you have these buckwheat uh, noodles. It's a zero gluten, very low carb, very yeah. healthy. Yeah. Um, and it's, you can have it with, uh, you should really have it with broth. Uh, in summer, uh, you have it with cold soy broth. In winter, you have it with, uh, meat bone broth. So according nice to and different seasons, you have it with different types. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very healthy. It suits any situation. It's super cheap. It's not super cheap to make, but cheap enough and, which allows it for it to turn really good profit. Yeah. And also in UK, like in summer, what do you eat when it's hot? Ice lollies. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. Like there is a huge market for it, I reckon. Yeah. It's just people are not aware of it. And the way uh, cultures have been propagating, I think it has potential. By the way, I came up with that idea. <laughs> um yeah i think it has potential but i can't leave my nine to five job to run that thing but yeah but who's like i'll go back to the question who's saying you gotta leave the nine to five i i i think i have to i think so this is uh another like core principle kind of thing i like doing only a handful of things at a time i can't manage that many things like Mr. B does. Mr. B is a killer yeah. at managing infinite number of things. 
What's your opinion on this, Mr. B? Pull the mic towards your mic. Well, I personally think that Mr. A over here is missing the fact that if he wants to trial something and he's come up with an idea, so he's in a nine to five, like we were just talking about Mr. AA, he's still in a nine to five. So he uses a true entrepreneur or a true someone who wants to start their own business is going to make time for what they, their passion You can is. say, I just realized we can say Mr. AA's name because he's been on the podcast before on camera. So Mr. Adris Ahmed. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Um, so that, yeah, so Mr. Adjus Ahmed, obviously he's um, still nine to five. Um, he does it on the side, and he used like obviously his passion is to grow business and to proceed. You can watch his podcast also on CEO Cast. Part um, two coming from soon. And um, so what? So what you need to consider is that you've got the weekend free, and because your passion is food, you need to make it work. You need to make time for that passion. So whereas on a weekend now, you probably do your normal day-to-day chore and whatnot. Well, then again, you just said you love cooking, so... So, and you're eating all the time. So if you love cooking, you're obviously going to trial it. You give it to your friends, you give it to neighbours, whatnot. Get your response. That's the first step to a business is to get in the feedback. Of the product. Of the product itself. Mm. And if you think it will work, summer's just gone. I don't know if it's a winter type of thing, but whatever it may be, you can take that upon yourself and, you know, research into it. Let me let me ask you a, a question to what, to what you just said, yeah. With Rose Noir, yeah. so just to clarify, Mr. B is the co-owner of Rose Noir. Um, with Rose Noir, did you lot give your product to your friends and family before you even released the product, before you released Rose Noir? So now Rose Noir was a slightly different one. So obviously, I just... And Obviously, like I said, you can watch on podcast. Um, he approached me yeah, with the yeah. idea. Now, when it comes to clothing, it's slightly different to food. Everyone has a set. See, yeah, so everyone like, has their own taste. Yeah. Where clothing, we were catering for a specific yeah. um, field. Like fitted look. Yeah, a yeah. niche market. So this was a matter of all our friends weren't, you know, mus- muscular built or whatnot. Yeah. Um, so it was slightly different. And because we had to go through samples and it wasn't like made by ourselves, it wasn't as easy to control the quality. Yeah, it wasn't as easy to take Makes that sense. method on board. Yeah. Um, so whereas food, the option I've given him, um, it's a lot easier to do something like that. So what would you advise if if Mr. Mr. A is setting up, setting up this business for food, yeah? How would you go around it? Would you do like takeaway? Would you do one of them food trucks, open a restaurant straight away? What would you... Advice for that? So depending on the food, like I'm not too sure how the time it takes to make something like that. Um, but I would recommend market. Yeah, just get it out there. Market's always been a good way to make money. Mm. Um, oh, you mean like a market stall? Actual market stall. Yeah. Yeah, because high foot flow. Yeah. Uh, people are going to be walking, you know, as a restaurant, yeah, as yeah, a takeaway. Yeah. It's just an alternative to that. Mm. So if you were to go to a busy market, it's a... Great place to get feedback. Mm. Great place to see how well you're doing and, mm. you know, just network with the people in the market Yeah, and see what works. You might even continue, like, you go to Canary Wharf, you see food stands. Yeah. And they're serving lunch, obviously, during COVID as a reduced amount of people, but that's, there that's yeah. basically more or less what you do, food trucks and stuff like that. Yeah. So you can literally 
take out a market, do that, and then build up the brand, build up the name, build up the brand, build up the whole cuisine itself, whatever it is, and just go from there. See what your feedback is and react off that. It's just like um, there's a a place that I know. Yeah, it's called um, you know that bagel bagel shop in uh, Brick Lane. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? The bait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seen, yeah. yeah. I think I think my dad was telling me here because they've been around for time. I think originally they had a market uh, market store yeah. around that area, yeah. and then eventually they expanded into a shop because of the popularity. Where a lot of everyone um, knows it. I'm sure Richard Branson or one of them, yeah, Lord Sugar, they started from markets, didn't they? Even even it's all um, buying and selling. Even you know, like I was saying to you earlier, Sunamask. Yeah, he started from they started from market. Yeah, and that's where the brand comes known. These guys the know big, what they're doing. Now, yeah. Yeah. And then you become the first person to have done that particular thing in that way. Yeah. And, at the, at the, and then at the you're end known of the day, for that. And that's where your bound, uh, brand builds from. And at the end of the day, it's just a market store. So even, even worst case scenario, it costs you like, let's just say worst case, £1,000 a day for the store. Less than that. No, I've done the research. It's roughly anything between 20 to 200 a day. Yeah. Less okay, than that. So, yeah, around that. It's not that much. Yeah, and then let's add, you know, I don't know, £500 worth of your stock. stock. Yeah. yeah. And then... As again, it's probably less than that. Yeah, probably less than that. So, all, let's just say all in all, your whole investment for that market is a grand. Yeah. Think about it. And your That's, markets are usually... Like, you go to Oakford Street. Yeah. You've got people that just sell coconut... Um, is it coconut water? Coconut drink? Something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just sell that purely. Yeah. How many people? But it's one product, yeah. Because a lot of people on Office Street, they, you're gonna Thoughtful, have, it? Yeah. you're gonna have a turn. Put the microphone. Please. Um, I watched a YouTube. I can't remember. It was Wired or something. Um, there was a there's a guy in uh, New York area. He mixes uh alcoholic beverages with juice. Yeah. Uh, and his brand is called uh, I think it's Oye. Yeah. He, even in the COVID situation, he rakes in 600 a day. Seriously? Yeah. Just juice with alcohol. 600 what? Like U- USD. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Profit. Yeah. What, market? No, no. He, so previously he, he was doing market and like deliveries and all that. But because yeah. of the COVID situation, he's um, reverted going back to personal, personalized businesses. Yeah. Um, he's He's been doing, I think he said he was doing it for like, seven eight years so even what you said there earlier yeah like literally two seconds ago you said that you've been researching how much it costs for market how much it costs for xyz yeah so you, all that. you know all that stuff yeah the basis is there so back to the question of the whole podcast started from why don't i do it yeah um well like you I'm, said you've got weekend free i Market's do. on the weekend yeah i'm pretty sure obviously the either at the moment okay let's just say the stops right now or Mm. It's restricted, yeah, but it's still there. So, what is it, man? I guess it's literally the only thing. It, if I'm gonna be brutally honest, it's the fear of failure. But then there's also FOMO, fear of missing out. I I never understood that personally. Never understood fear of missing out. Nah. Do you like, get that? If, if you if, like, if you don't like it, you don't like it. So that goes back down to your passion. If it's something you really want to do, mm. you have to try it. If you don't try it, you don't know if you're going to succeed. 
It's just like this podcast. Like I bought the equipment before I even made the made the first recording, but I didn't know if I was gonna like it. But I had a feeling I was gonna like it, and now I bloody love it. Like, and to know you that your to... expenditure is quite low when it yeah. comes to this, and like I said before, friends, family, all these sort of things, that's gonna help you make your decision to step onto the platform and actually go and do a market. Whereas Ajish Ahmed approached me. I gave him that confidence. For example, if I did not go ahead with it, who knows if that clothing brand would exist today? Yeah, and and just for reference, I don't, I don't know if I, would Andrew allow us to share this, like what he put in his story the other day or something like that. What was today? Yeah, yeah. Where you look, you know, your turnover is looking like over a hundred k by the end of the year. Yeah, so we have targets um, for the end of the year of hundred k. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of setbacks. But you have to go past those setbacks. You have to find a way to do it and make it work. Yeah. And and in the food industry, food, leisure, these are things that everyone needs every day. It's not something that you don't need. So Yeah, I was gonna say, let's be honest as well, like gratefully sold, a grand isn't probably a lot to you. I mean it, it is retrospectively it is a lot of money. It's four figures. But you know you could easily earn that in a month, couldn't you, from nine to five? It's coverable. Yeah. It's coverable. Really and truly, during this COVID, I know you're working from home. Um, let's say you finish your shift and you make something, have a couple of people try it out. And if, say, if they gave you the boost to say, yeah, this is really nice, that would give you confidence. That's a stepping stone. Here's a sick idea. It's building, yeah, it's, it's the confident level that you need to build. You I said- don't think it's a fear of failing. I think you need confidence in your product for you to then push it out and as as again a lot of people are looking for different things to try look how many restaurant chains open on the basis of different things yeah and you go to America they have shops purely on one thing he mentioned bagels just purely bagels so you have that one product that works really well and then you'll be known for that yeah so, I mean, so I was, it's I was not a, say, a great idea is you, you got the boys coming to yours tomorrow you said isn't it yeah. why don't you cook it then make everyone try it yeah fair enough I'll do that yeah so you just gotta take it on board like that and the thing is your friends are the only ones who are gonna give you honest opinions as well true and if for example your friends do not like it it's not it. It, no it's not it's not a case of sod it you still need to approach the mass majority of people Approach because everyone has, an, for, everyone like has an acquired taste. Yeah, you said it, it's originated from Japan, you said. Yeah. So maybe you need some Japanese people over to try it. Well, if I'm if I'm if I'm going to be talking targeting this, it'd be how uh, was it just normal professionals? Because like after finishing uni, I was working in Canary Wharf and uh, was it southeast area? Mm. There's nothing good to eat. Every day's the same. It's so bloody boring. So you'd want to try uh, target like working people on the lunch times. Yeah, most definitely. Because I mean, people bring their lunches, but how people get tired of it. You can't eat the same stuff every day. Yeah, you, meal prepping's all long sometimes. You know, exactly. Going out for lunch is just probably a lot more convenient. Even if it pays you like a tenner, hmm. it's people find it just a lot easier just to get the lunch, bring it back to the office, Pretty eat much. it there. It's just convenience, isn't it? Yeah. It is, it is. I think you should do it. I will do it. I think I have the stuff at home. All I have to get is um, some halal oxtails. 
Yeah. Why hello? Because Mr. AA and Mr. B are Muslims. <laughs> so if you didn't have Muslim friends, you wouldn't go for the halal. I, I'm I'm not Muslim, so I don't need to eat. It wouldn't matter to you. Yeah, I don't need to eat halal. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But if you want to cater for the vast majority, then you'd offer that option. Yeah, I mean the price difference is negligible. All in all, yeah, no reason not to. I'll give you I'll give you one example. One example being the when I used to work in retail, I worked at Covey's. Uh, Did you car phone? Did you? Yeah, years ago. Okay. When I left uni. Okay. So obviously uni was not my thing. Okay, um, so you were in my position as well. Yeah, so <laughs> so I'm a bit <laughs> okay. like you in that sense. Cool. So um, there was a guy that used to come around with a cooler box and who would go to, so it was a retail uh, outlet. What do they call it? Retail park. Yeah. He'd come around with a cooler box and he did uh, Caribbean food. Obviously not catered to everyone, but if there's not much in a local area, mm. you kind of try it. He's made his money. If you liked it, you're going to be a regular customer. And he used to come every every Wednesday, I think it was. So you can do that similar concept with offices or, you know, any anything. You literally probably need to just go to a retail park <laughs> on the weekend. Even, um, you know how, uh, you know how, I don't know if you always used to go to retail parks, yeah, especially in Beckton, there was always that magic corn. That was there, literally just like a stand. Oh, is it? Is it that, um, that green in, Indian uh, Indian guy usually like? Yeah, 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 it's yeah, just yeah. a li- literally and sweet you know, corn with curry spice, sauce or something. Exactly like that. Yeah, um, put spices on it. God knows what. And I think he's quite successful today. I think it's like it's quite known. Yeah, it's spread to Hounslow, so it's successful. Yeah, I mean, we used to me and my cousins. We used to go there all the time. Not for that, but obviously shopping in Gardens Reach. I was like thirteen years old. Yeah, that's the only munch we'd get. Obviously, there was Greg's there, there was Subway there, there was McDonald's, blah, 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 blah. But that's the only thing we'd get because it was cheap, cheerful, quick and easy. And like, it's just, like I said, comes back to convenience. Yeah. Um, and you can drive as well. So maybe maybe a good option is to get, um, or eventually start from, start from the markets. Obviously, if it's successful, then yeah, continue it, continue it. And then eventually maybe get one of these uh, food trucks. Go outside clubs. Yeah. Offer this sort of food. See, that's the thing. Like I've spoken to in the last, I reckon, four years. Mm. um, I've spoken to a whole load of uh, food truck operators, Mm. uh, private owners. And you know, it's funny. The more and more we talk about this podcast, the more and more you've done all the research. You've done all the business planning and everything. I, I only decide when I'm very certain. Yeah. So I have to do the research. Yeah. And t- like, typically speaking, uh, if you own a food truck in zone two, three, yeah, in zone two, three, um, you typically earn roughly 27 to 30K. Profit. Yeah, for, for your takeaway home. Yeah. And then obviously taxes can be deducted from it. Yeah. And that's below my current living standards. Yeah, but then if if this is a side hustle, yeah, yeah. then you've got twenty seven grand extra 
Are no, you? no, for that's for those people who work um, five, six days a week. But maybe there's something that they're doing wrong. Maybe there's something that's missing out on. Uh, maybe that's why they're stuck in zone two and three. Exactly. Maybe there's more money to be made in zone five and six. It's a lot. To, yeah, there's a lot to do with location. Um, also, remember, this is just a stepping point for you to put out your food and your brand. So remember, a lot of people from food trucks go to a restaurant chain or, you know, have food trucks in several locations where you start hiring people and you have your, that's where franchises start and things like that. Yeah. So there's different routes that you can take. So you, you can't limit yourself, although you've done the research, you can't limit yourself to what's been done already when you've got a brand new idea, which may do really well. Yeah, look at um, Jai Walla. Have you Have you read the story behind it? The guys in uh, Leicester, yeah, so that's where the first shop originated. Obviously, they're Pakistani or something, Indian, whatever. Obviously, they have their city all their life and they realise, well, we can't get this anywhere else. Same with the Japanese food. You can't get it here, but everyone knows about it. In that culture, they know about it. So I just thought, all right, cool, we're just going to open a shop, call it Jaiwala, serve that tea. You've seen Jaiwala today. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Like, I'm not even from that region and I love it. Exactly, yeah. And, like, everyone knows about it. Look how much the friend... They probably make more money of franchising than the actual shop because they've got franchises all over the UK now. Started in Leicester, then you got Birmingham, then you got Upton Park, then you got X, Y, Z. Like, the mm. guy is probably sitting on millions right now. Mm. What what cuisine is uh, Wagamama? It, I think it's Japanese. It's Japanese it? fusion, like... This is the other thing I really can't stand about these. I don't like getting food from a, from people who are um, not from that region. For example, like you get sushi, yeah? I don't, I can't stand when incompetent people make it. Like, for example, in my area, uh, a lot of Bengalis have set up shop. There's a Japanese, uh, was it takeaway? There's Chinese takeaway. There's Italian takeaway. But because they don't, they're not, they don't understand the culture and the principle behind those cuisines is nowhere near as good as it should be. But, that's, that's understandable, but, but then again, you got to look at the employees. Yeah, it's not even that. You you got to look at the gap in the market. That's what they've seen. It is what they've seen, yeah. So if you were first to it, you'd, you would have done it better? I bloody hope so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So it's about the gap in market. Now, why I mentioned Wagamama, it's not, although it's a very popular shop and everything, um, they've got stores everywhere, but it's not accessible as how you were, would be able to start and plot your place. I mean, Wagamama don't serve this stuff to, to the best of my knowledge. Like the last time, I've, I've only been there like a handful of times, but... So uh, thank just- you. Just to give an example, like for you to start up and stuff, yeah, um, for your first initial step, the market, if that is the first initial step, what's the cost? Under a thousand pounds, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And it could turn into a chain like Jaiwala where you're soon to be sitting on. I mean, I don't even think they've been around for that long. I think it was, I think they opened the first one in, I mean, I might be wrong, 2012, 2013. Roughly that. So I think after discussing just what we've spoken about now, I think the question is, what is your fear of failure? Is it the expenditure going towards it? Is it people not liking it? Is it that it's not going to 
do successful and do well. Um, you got to think about these points and how, what what is it that's stopping you? When we've given you options where you've had free time to, like a trial and error sort of thing. Yeah, because with me in the clothing line, uh, me and my partner, we trialed and error. We almost gave it up and then we found someone and then we ex- excelled in it. What do you mean you found someone? Kept, so we found, so basically in your podcast, yeah. <laughs> um, the sample that we first started with, it was hard to find a UK manufacturer that could meet our demands. Oh, so basically you met a supplier? A uh, supplier, yes, yeah, so a manufacturer that could meet our demands. Um, you know, just to get that sample right so that we yeah. were happy with the product. To get your product right. Yeah. So, yeah. like I said with him, he said he's fearing a failure. Mm. What is that fear? What is that reason? Is it the time? Is it the money going into it? Or the money coming out of it? Have, have you pinpointed that yet? Yeah. To, what is the fear of missing out? Because like, like we've covered in this podcast so far, you've got the planning sorted. You've done the research. You know the costs. You know the growth. What's the fear? I guess the biggest fear would be you know, you go to, um, you, you go, you see places where there's like a whole load of food trucks. Yeah. You see, like, for example, um, in Victoria Place, uh, I used to go down, down for lunch. There'll be maybe six food stalls. Mm. Um, there'll be an Indian, there'll be t- uh, some kind of Asian, there'll be burger, fish and chips, etc. All the ones, a majority of them, do well, but that'd be that one where it's looks kind of deserted. Yeah. I, I guess that's my fear. But then that's when your business has got to come into it and think you don't fear all the time in business you gotta think outside of the box, innit? Mm. So you gotta think, what can I be doing differently mm. to not be that deserted one and be the one that stands up? You gotta think outside the box. Could right. it be the, like the size of your stall, the size of your shop, the way you've decorated it, the way it looks on the outside? Could it be Instagram, wherever you for a picture, which makes a lot of sense because, you know, you can invite influencers down, they could take a picture outside your shop next to you, know, your brand's everywhere on the internet. Mm. So it's just about think outside the box of what you can do differently compared to these lot. Because don't forget, yeah, most of these, these food trucks and stuff like that, they're old school. So oh, they, yeah, they, they just do stuff... Yeah. From what the generations above have taught them. Yeah. Not on social media, literally taking the money, serving the food, and that is it. That's where their company, that's where their business stops. Whereas if you take it on social media, for example, you've now started to build a brand, built brand awareness. That's when it can grow a lot more on social media. M- you know Mr. I mean? B is very aware of this, but I, I don't do social media. But I don't do social media. If you, you know, saw, when, I, when I mean I don't do social media, I do visit. Yeah, but bear in mind, before CEO cost, I didn't do social media. Really? Yeah, I didn't do social media. I mean, don't get me wrong, I uploaded pictures here and there. Account was on private. Mm. Very few followers because I didn't care. But then obviously, because I'm trying to build a personal brand, made it public, started posting more, blah, 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 blah. But I do that because I know I have to. Because it builds a brand. And it's just it's just a part of what you have to do to succeed. Exactly. Like for the clothing line, I just Ahmed, 
he learned how to do photography himself, yeah. which reduced our costs at the beginning. It's just like learning a new skill. So you're just learning a skill to help improve yourself and your business. And as we already know, because you're passionate about it, it's something you will do. Look at, look at um, even in uh, the podcast I did with Lord Elim, yeah? Even he was saying himself, I think it was off camera or on camera, I can't even remember which one it was, that if it wasn't for this business, he probably wouldn't be on social media like that. He's only on social media and he sets social media out in such a way where most of his business is now coming directly from his social media, from his Instagram, because he's built that name up. Everyone knows about him now, but he knew what he was doing. So he knew what he was creating. The power of social media is mental. Like I'm coming up to a thousand followers in my own personal account. And the way I've done it is working because people starting to build a connection with me. CEO costs in small times come to 7,000 followers. Um, my point is, is that you've got to learn it. Even like where you, where you are right now, where I was, didn't care about social media. I'm not on it. But you have to if you want to. Yeah, I guess I'm being childish about it. It's not, not childish. I don't, it's not childish. I wouldn't say childish. I'll just say it's just something you've got to learn. It's just another skill. No, childish in the sense of um, if I want to take this and do it, then I have to sacrifice. Uh, not, I'll not sacrifice, but put effort into what I don't like doing. Which is? Like, you have 100% of this. You have 100% of your time dedicated to, to this. If I want, I want to spend 100% of that time into making that food and, and give it to people. Mm. But in order to do that to larger number of people, I have to segment, say, 20% towards that effort, social media effort, in order to propagate itself. Is that? I agree with you and I disagree with you. I agree with you because I understand what you're saying. I disagree because what you're saying about 100% is uh, I don't put 100% into this right now because don't forget, I still work 9 to 5 just like all you lot. I'm, I'm still doing this and there's a lot of sacrifices. I feel like it's the sacrifices that's almost a fear. But let me put it like this. The only time I only link up with you lot. So whenever you see me, that is the only people I'm linking up with. I don't link up with my boys, like my other lot. I don't link up with cousins as much because it's either this mm. or chilling with you lot. And how often do we chill? Not that often. That's what I'm saying. So all the, all of the rest of the time yeah. is put into this. Just to, like, like we were talking about earlier, build up the foundations for this to get to, mm. the, to the place. No, yeah, I'll take it to heart. Mm. What do you think? Mr. B, let's have your verdict. So you mentioned about 20% for social media. Um, obviously, if you want to put 100% into making the food and distributing it, there's no issue with that. But remember, social media comes in your downtime. I can guarantee you, majority of the people out there, a lot of people, I wouldn't say majority, they would take a picture and they wouldn't upload it until they're literally sitting down like us lot are now. Editing prime time. Chilling, just doing it, and then uploading it. Yeah. Because there's prime time, like you just mentioned, on social media, where you get a lot more views, a lot more likes. For you, a lot more likes. Um, I, to be honest, social media, I don't the likes and stuff, it's not important. 
the likes and followers. But the awareness, that's what social media, I believe, is for. The followers... No, nowadays, though, the way Instagram's running, for you to get the awareness, you need the likes and the views. You do need your likes and followers. The algorithm fucked everything up. In the sense that if I was to stumble across a page and I saw 6,000 followers and I saw something I liked, I'd still like it. Not as in double tap like, I'll go order that product or whatever. Yeah. But, and I'll stumble across to 60,000 followers. It wouldn't make a difference to me, the number. And I think that's the same for a lot of people. So it's about the quality of the content you put out there as well. Mm. So that's something you can, you're cooking, how long does it take up to pick up your phone and take a picture? Or, yeah, just well, as... You're, you're treating the usage of social media as if it was a personal interaction. It is. You're promoting your... You're treating it as a business. Um, you're promoting your... The, the way you got to see... The way I look at social media is you're posting something, you got to look at... you got you got to be the other person behind the screen looking at that. you got to cater. If CEO cast never posted anything, never did stories, never did any of that, who would know about CEO cast? My dog. And I ain't even got a dog. Exactly. His cat, maybe. <laughs> yeah, my cat. <laughs> no, 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 fair enough. Uh, it's all very well, very well understood now. Um, shoot, just... And it's not a matter of you have to do it yourself. You have friends around you that do help. Support, yeah. I'm pretty sure you and Adrish had support from yeah. left, right, centre. It takes... It doesn't take long. I mean, even Adrish, uh, when was it? Not Even not too long ago. What's that um, backyard barbecue uh, d- off the Instagram? What's the names? Uh, the, is it backyard barbecue? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he was saying, oh, since you like food, why don't we do this? Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. I kind of, I don't know why. In all honesty, I kind of, kind of brushed under the rug. And then now. What do you mean? He was telling you to do I was there when that conversation happened. So basically, I just was suggesting because of the area he's from. Yeah. It's a very, um, the food out there is limited yeah. as a quality. Yeah. 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 Been there. <laughs> so for him to jump in the food market and his area would be the perfect place to get it out there. Yeah. Yeah. And if he's got a weekend, backyard barbecue, you, um, we've had conversations about them. They work on the weekend, right? Yeah. Mm. He's got the weekend free. It's the time to put it out there. Use that time in your local area, as we were just saying with the market and stuff, get feedback. Yeah. He can do that in his area. And you know what's funny? You know, they, Backyard Barbecues, I was chatting to him. They're clever with what they, with what they do, yeah? So they only open for one day in the week, Saturday. And the reason why they do that is because they let everyone try their, their burgers, for example, on a Saturday, yeah? And now that person knows they're only open on a Saturday. So they already know with a bunch of for next so they're Saturday. they're ready for that yeah. order. So the way he's so saying it to a lot me, of people. They make it into a it's, it's a basically yeah. exclusive day. Nice. And the, what he was saying to me is the money he makes on that day, there's no point opening the rest of the week because if he did, the money will still equate to be the same because it's no longer exclusive. It's no longer limited on that day. It's it's just like having a limited Because a lot of, a lot of people's mentalities are, oh, let's have a curry on a Wednesday night, pizza yeah. on a Thursday night. Yeah. A lot of people's mentality are like, look is at it? you. It is. Look yeah. at you and um, your cousin that you live with. Yeah. Maybe you're not like that, but you order out a lot. Yeah, purely not because of the reasons that you think. 
but it happens. It does. So wouldn't you want to be that person that provides that. comes across someone else's mind that you're providing that for them? No, I never looked at it's that. It's always a supply and demand sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's what you're going for. And that's the what Adjish was basically getting across to you that in your area, you can provide such a thing and it's a perfect time to... Because you haven't even tried it to knock it. And I would say do the same sort of thing that Backyard Barbecues are doing. Start off as a limited exclusive day in your area. You know, uh, uh, was it in... No, is it Jerusalem? I can't remember if it's Jerusalem or Tel Aviv. Um, basically, a lot of restaurant owners get, get loads of money taken out of them by the government. So yeah. they have gone underground. Yeah. And they have created that FOMO, as you say. Mm. And every order is off WhatsApp illegal. Like there's this... Uh, and you only get told on the day, like you can come and eat today. Seriously? Yeah. There is, and apparently one, the guy who was uh, getting interviewed, the chef, he was working at the back of a, a shed where there's bird shit on the floor. People still came to eat it. There's three months waiting list. But that's what, it, it works perfectly though because you're building up all that hype, yeah? Like, just to give an example in my perspective, Sunday, 7 p.m., most of the audience know that's CEO cast time. They know Sunday, CEO cast time. Like, it's a, it's a hype almost. You're waiting for that, that day, not that specific time for, for food, mm. but you're waiting for that day mm-hmm. where you know you can do something, i.e. watch CEO cast or order backyard barbecues or order the, the food that you're going to make. Mm-hmm. They know the routine for that day. They've already planned it for next week and two weeks and three weeks. Mm. They already know what to do. Like some people, they, they message me saying, see your cost and chill. They've literally sent me, I'm not even lying when I say this here, they've sent me pictures of their diaries. Like the whole week is planned out and stuff like that. Like work, meeting, gym, blah, 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 blah. Sunday, 7 p.m. CEO cost. Damn. Sick. That That's, I mean, you must feel good. You must feel hella good. Yeah, I feel gust. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, but I feel gust. Yeah. But there's signs of success. And motivation. Yeah, no, definitely. I guess as you was as Mr. B was saying, maybe I just need to uh, build confidence first and see where it goes. I don't even think it's about confidence. I think the the only way you're going to build that confidence is take the first step. Yeah, that's it. Failure or no failure. Twelve hours. In twelve hours. In twelve hours, what? Oh, plus some more. What? When these lot come. So there we are. So yeah, this one. is being recorded on Friday or technically Saturday. Yeah. And then Saturday evening. So just, just to make some context right now, yes. one thirty in the morning, Saturday evening, later today, basically. Yes. Is you're going to have your trial for the food. I will. Can I come? Yeah, come down. Yeah, so... I think this podcast has been successful then. We've got you to do your first step at least. Yeah, don't blame me if it's shit. <laughs> it's, 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 do you know what it seems like? What? Someone's just taken their shahada. They've just done a new business. <laughs> a what? You know when Muslims, when they become Muslim, they take their shahada? Uh, I don't know that. It basically, well, when when they convert like, to Islam, yeah. they say a prayer and stuff like that. And then the, after the prayer, they're, mu- they're Muslims. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So like someone, how it works. So yeah. someone wants to revert to Islam and they're serious about if it. If you would yeah. say right now, yeah. uh, should I say it on a podcast? Go for it. No, I can say it, but I'm just thinking, should I say it on a podcast? Go for it. If you would say, I'm not going to go for it. Why? What is it? Go for it. You go for it. I didn't say it. You no, go no, for what it. Is I it? know what it is. Don't question Mr. CEO cast will tell you what it is. I'm curious. All it is, is just a prayer. Yeah, it's like a sentence. If you say that- Why so- can't you say it? I can't say it. Why won't you? He says he can. I'm just not saying it because he's looking at me in some funny way. He says he can. And I won't even look at him. He says he can, but he can't. Yes, I can. What's the reasoning? There is no reasoning. Raheem, go ahead and say it, please. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu rasuluh. MashaAllah. There we go. <laughs> no, you just got a bit nervous, that's all. I didn't get nervous. It's good you're looking at me in some funny way. You must be nervous on the podcast, <laughs> but there it is. <laughs> Live and direct, Basically, uncut. So what we're saying is Muslims uh, or whatever religion you are at the time, when they say that because they want to get into Islam, when you say that you're then Muslim taking Islam into your heart, basically. So, so this just seemed like it because obviously you taking your first step into business and this is like kind mm-hmm. of taking your shahada into business. This is, yeah. This, yeah. this has pushed you to try it. Uh, it really has. Yeah, so... Yeah, I think you should do that. We'll try it in 12 hours time. Yeah. Um, Have you thought of a name? Uh, no. I, I'm sure I've written something down like a year ago, but I can't remember. A year? Yeah, when I was in US, I, I, I did the whole business plan. I sent it to Adrish and he pointed out to me, you have to do it yourself for it to succeed. And I was like, I can't do it then. Okay, but now that we've talked to you exclusively on CEO cast on this uh, podcast, can you do it yourself? Yeah, sure. What is this? This is like a, was it a psychologist session? This is like business therapy. Yeah, there we go. So I think three months from now, yeah, you should do another audio yeah, just to get an update yeah, and to the progress he's making. 100%. How's that sound? Not good. Well, I'm, I'm going away. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be back in February and then it'll resume. But while you're on your holiday, you can practice. Yeah. I, I can, yes. Sure. Yeah, so you're going back home. So, all right, we'll have an update. In due time. In, let's just say in the first quarter of next year. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. So... I think that concludes this episode of CEO Cast. Uh, the new series that I've just found now, Business Therapy. Sounds fucking sick. This is this has been business therapy. It's gone a different direction to what we thought. It's been a good direction though. It's it's good. It's a good direction. Yeah, look, we've we've made Mr. A get his first step into business. Exactly. While keeping nine to five. You see the powers of CEO Cast, people. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm guest. I mean, well, that's what that 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 is why you started. Anyway, Mr. CEO a, cost. Um, that is why I started CEO Cost to push others, to push others, to inspire people, bring the knowledge, exactly. motivation, success stories. Um, if you want more, you can please visit youtubecom cost or check out the other episodes on Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, whatever you're listening to this on right now. Um, but as for you, Mr. A, this consultant session will be uh, three hundred pounds, please. Mr. B can pay. <laughs> Any questions you have about today's episode, you can uh, DM CEO Cost.
You can DM CEO Cost. You can DM Adrish Ahmed. That is, I think it's Adrish underscore A1. Yes. Yes. Adrish underscore A1. DM him. Um, other than that, I hope you all enjoyed this episode of CEO Cost. Another audio exclusive. I think it was pretty sick to be honest. I, feel, I, I actually feel gassed. I'm going to go home, sleep smiling now. You know that? Very sick, man. Yeah. Mr. A, he just said he's going to go home. He is home. Yeah, he, he, no, he, no, he's in, he's in his, his office. I'm in my uh, my newly built built studio that hasn't been previewed on camera before. <laughs> and it looks really nice. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Anyway, Reem. Uh if you're listening to this, which you probably are, um, subscribe on YouTube. A lot more content to come there. Follow on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Leave it at five stars. Got to keep it climbing in the charts. Till then. I'll catch you next time. Uh, also, yeah, sorry. The audio onlys are going to be a lot more frequent, frequent, more frequent than every Sunday. So let's just say like three times a week or something like that. This is whenever I sit down with people and just talk. Anyway, catch you a lot next time.